you are beautiful, you are so strong, you're amazing. Like Every day of life is a blank sheet of paper. More happy days in our lives. Small, small changes. You had to just be with life. To really practice mindfulness. I am not my thought. It's not easy, but it's very simple. If you put those two things together, you know, the sky is the limit. Hello, my beautiful human beings, and welcome back to another interesting, juicy episode of Intuitively Rich. And today's guest is Rich Lewis. He's an author, coach, and he talks and teaches a lot about centering prayer, which we are going to go into dive deep more as the time goes. So thank you so much, Rich, for being our guest today. Sure. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. So I was curious when you first I uh, read about you and I talked to you and what what is centering prayer because I know what prayer is I know because I do a lot of meditation and I know how to center myself but is centering prayer a set of prayers is it just a meditation what is centering prayer Sure so centering prayer first of all has been around since the early 1970s and it's considered meditation and a practice that opens us up, well, it's considered a meditation and a relationship with God, and it's silent, wordless prayer. And how, actually it came about because in the early 1970s, it was created by three Trappist monks, three Catholic priests. They saw transcendental meditation going on and they wanted something for the Christian community. So they created centering prayer in the early 1970s. And, let me just share how it's done, because then that'll make it more clear. You uh, sit comfortably with your eyes closed, and then interiorly, you introduce a word. So it could be love or beach or Jesus or God. And, and you introduce that in, in your mind to begin your prayer as your consent to the presence and actions of God within. And then whenever you begin engaging your thoughts as you're sitting there, and what I mean by that is when you think about what you did before your sit or you begin planning and plotting what you're going to do after your sit, you realize you're not really sitting with God. You're sitting with yourself and your thoughts. So then you reintroduce that sacred word interiorly to let go of your engaged thoughts and bring yourself back to the present moment and your sit with God. So And you just use that word when needed during your silent time. Sometimes you naturally bring yourself back. Other times um, you need your word, you begin where you catch yourself and begin realizing that you're not letting go of your engaged thoughts and that you're just doing all this thinking and planning. Um, so you reintroduce, reintroduce that sacred word just to come back to the present moment and let go of your thoughts. And then you let go of the sacred word. So it's, it's not used as a mantra where you're saying it over and over and over again. You're just using it when needed. And then one more thing I'll say about the sacred word. It doesn't have to be a word. I, I, for, some people are more audible people, so they like the idea of a word. I realized I was more of a visual person, so I kind of picture an interior image to bring myself back. Some people are more physical people, so they use their breath. And lastly, some people will practice with their eyes open and just stare at a spot to keep themselves centered and focused so that they're not engaging their thoughts. So that's so a, a little bit about important it. To, why is it important to even do the centering prayer? Why is, it, why is it even important to reconnect to ourselves? Why should we do it? Um, well, centering prayer practitioners, we believe we're really sitting with God. And we believe we're letting go of ourselves 
And we think of it as, or I think of it as a reverse prayer. God is praying in me. So I'm getting out of the way and I'm connecting with God and I'm connecting with the, my true self within so that I can get up from my sits and take my true self action. So it's, it's really prayer, a relationship with God, and really a way of connecting with your true self and getting all of your thoughts that really aren't helping you out of the way so you connect to your true self and your true self actions that you might take out in the world. So many people don't believe in true selves, don't believe in God, they think all this talk is woo-woo. So I'm asking those questions for those people or for the people who have these questions like, what, why should we even reconnect to our true self? Like, well, how does our true self even look like? Sure, sure. Well, I mean, the nice thing about centering prayers, you don't have to, if you don't believe in God, that's okay. Come to your sit and come as you are with what, with whatever you believe. So you don't necessarily have to believe in God to practice centering prayer. You can sit and when you begin engaging your thoughts, you can introduce a word or the image to let go of your thoughts. So if you're not, if you're challenged with the idea of God and what you're sitting with, sitting with, just come and try a centering prayer sit. You don't necessarily have to think of it as you're sitting with God if, if, if that's where you're at with your spirituality and you're not sure where you're at. So what you'll notice is, um, I guess, fruits of your practice outside of your practice. So something, a practice like this, you begin being able to be a better observer of your thoughts and, and letting go of the ones that harm you and focus on the ones that that help you. So this type of practice just can be very beneficial. It can calm you down, slow you down, help you let go of thoughts that harm you and hone in and focus on ones that are really more helpful for you. So many people think that they are having a great life, that they are just living. They think you know, they feel good because many of us uh, before when we had no idea how actually how it actually feels to feel good, we thought we just had a good life. So can, do you have examples from your own life before and after you started your own uh, practice? And if for everyone, this practice of connecting to God looks different. For you, it's centering prayer. And what is the major shift that happened into your life before and after, like you started this uh, practice of centering prayer? Sure. No, it's really, it's really changed me. So I started practicing Centering Prayer pretty faithfully in June of 2014. So if I look at myself before then and after, I'm a much different person. Um, I'm a much more confident person. I, I'm calmer. I'm less reactive. And what I mean by that is I'm more willing to listen to people rather than immediately react if it's something I hear that, that, I, that I don't like. I, get, I seem to have inner nudges to get out of my comfort zone and try and do new things. My centering prayer sits seem to give me wisdom for tasks that, like at work, were, were troubling me and I didn't know how to do. Wisdom for some of the tasks just seems to pop into my head. And then just prior to, prior to centering prayer, all the things I'm doing after it, I never would have dreamed of. For, for example, I, I have a, a book that I published a year ago through a publisher, and that was the last thing I was even thinking about was writing a book. I had never written anything greater than five or six pages in school. And I do coaching, and I never thought of doing one-on-one -on -one coaching. And I do speaking in, small, in front of small groups and, and large groups. So it, it's just opened up it's pushed me and nudged me to do things that I never dreamed I would do. And I probably never would have had the guts 
I would have been too afraid to try to do some of these things prior to centering prayer. So it's taught me to get out of my comfort zone and just keep moving forward in life and trying and doing new things. Do you, I usually look at meditation like the way of understanding myself. And sometimes I just do nothing. I just sit and think. And then at some point, I just lost, lose those thoughts. And I'm like somewhere else in between like my true self and who I want to be and who I am being and who I want to become. And so many ideas come at this point. Do you think centering prayer is a really good opportunity to understand ourselves and then create the life we want? And how does it help um, to do so, basically? No, I mean, I would definitely say it is because if you think about the practice, you let go of your engaged thoughts and just open to the present moment. So, and you can take this, you end up taking this same gesture or posture into your everyday life. So you'll learn when you're work, you'll learn in your everyday life, when, if you're at work and you need to focus on a task, the, the posture of letting go, it helps you let go of things that you don't need to do then, or things that maybe are bothering you, but don't have anything to do with what you need to do. So the posture of letting go comes with you into your everyday life. So I have found that I, I'm, I'm more productive. It, for, for example, I, I practice centering prayer twice a day and I take a second sit before lunch. And some people will say to me that I don't have time for their second sit, they're too busy. And I'll argue, I need that sit because that second sit helps me be very productive the second half of the day because I can let go of the things that are bothering me or worrying me or that don't need to be focused on and then hone in and focus on the things that do. So centering prayer can be you know, very helpful um, to help you start your day and it can be very helpful to help you finish your day. Uh, so often uh, I think that so you can use centering prayer for different intentions as I hear because so often us human beings like work out then for our body to produce and to like have, as you said, like we sometimes do meditation to be even more productive. And where is the line in between just being and becoming? Because so often we do things for a reason. And where do we stop doing things for a reason and just like start being and just doing things just for just for us to be and not to become, not to be more productive, not to be a better lover, not to be a more calm, calmer person, like where do you, how do you balance it just to do meditation for a reason and just to do meditation, just to connect for to your being? Um, I would say it's a little bit of both because centering, centering prayer teaches you how to just be with life. So, and what I mean by that is if you're just, you don't, you just want to enjoy life. So sometimes you don't have to, when you're not working, you don't have to be productive. You don't have to be so focused on what I'm going to do. You, you just, you just want to be with life and enjoy. If you're by yourself, enjoy the day, enjoy your surroundings, enjoy your food and drink, enjoy whatever you're reading or doing. Or if you're with someone being present with that person and listening to them and not thinking about what you're going to say, but just listening and then, and then responding to what they say. So it helps you just be with life. But then it also, for me, helps me be productive at work. So I, I, as I mentioned, I do a second sit before lunch. And then I'm always amazed when I look back at the end of the day and how productive I was because I took the time for the second sit. 
and, and didn't worry that, okay, I'm going to take 20 minutes and is that going to be harmful to my day? It wasn't harmful to my day. It actually helped me be more productive. So it really helps you do both it, or it's helped me do both. It helps me be with life and enjoy life, but it's also helped me be more productive because I can let go of things that I don't need to worry about in that moment. I love that. As I hear you say, it's just like if people don't want to reconnect to their true selves, they can use Centering Prayer to be more productive. And then if they use Centering Prayer to be more productive, this one aspect of the life will automatically apply to all of their life. And naturally, they will become more present with their partners and more present to their kids. So they can use different motivations to use the meditation, to use the centering prayer, which I love because so many people do not want to reconnect to God. They do not care to reconnect to their true self, but they want to be more productive. And if they trick themselves into this centering prayer or meditation for a certain re reason that they are motivated for, then it will apply to their whole life. And I love that answer. About your book. So what is your book about and how did the idea, what's the name of the book, and how did the idea even was born? And then the execution, because we have so much ideas, but the execution is the key. So how did all of that happen? Sure. So the name of the book is Sitting with God, A Journey to Your True Self Through Centering Prayer. And I was encouraged. I had stumbled across Centering Prayer in late 2013 in a book by Amos Smith called Healing the Divide, Recovering Christianity's Mystic Roots. So it, it intrigued me and I began practicing Centering Prayer and I began an email dialogue with Amos. And to this day, we're actually friends now. We actually spoke, we speak about once a month or so. Uh, I spoke to him a couple of days ago, but he's the one that actually encouraged me and challenged me to write a book. He had written two books and he thought I had some interesting things and thoughts about Centering Prayer. He thought I should write a book. So he actually challenged me to, to write the book. And how that came about was he told me to go off and just think about Centering Prayer and write down single sentences about what it means to you. So I did that. And then I came back to him about a week or so later. And in his mind, he said, no, there's the chapters of your book, go write. I initially thought he was crazy. So I... I decided I would just write one chapter and then give it to him and see what he thought. And then if he thought it was okay, then maybe I would continue, continue with the process. And to my surprise, he, he, he liked it. He thought I had something there. And then it made me realize, well, maybe I really can do this. So I spoke to my wife and I said, what do you think? Of, what do you think about me writing a book? And she told me to, you know, do it. So I dedicated myself to, I disciplined myself on Saturdays. I actually would get up at, at about six o'clock on a Saturday morning. This was pre-COVID, drive to the local Starbucks and write for about three to four hours with my laptop every Saturday. So that's really how the book got written. It, got, it was Amos Smith encouraging me to write a book, which was something I wasn't even thinking about. And then really just the discipline to do it on Saturdays, because I didn't want to take time away from my wife and children. So I wrote it mostly on Saturday mornings over a couple of years. And then the book itself does a couple things. It talks about, obviously, what is centering prayer and, and how you do it. And then it really just shares how it has changed me and healed me and transformed me. And if you try it, it might do the same for you. And it's just written a very easy read. It's not an academic book. Um, it's just a very simple read of what it is and how it has helped me. In, the, uh, in her book uh, of Eat, Pray, Love, Elizabeth Gil Gilbert said something that really like stuck with me. 
she said, um, medita- praying is like talking to God and meditation is like listening to the God because we need both. When we talk, we need to listen to in the centering prayer practice, which is talking to God and then where is the space to listen to the God in that practice specifically? I would say centering prayer would more be like listening. And it's funny that you say that. I actually listened to her book um, just recently. I really enjoyed it. And I read a couple more of her books. She's, she's fantastic. Um, I would say it's more of listening to God, but you're not really, during centering prayer, you're letting go of everything. But in a way, you're listening to God at a deeper level, because I think of it as God is praying in me what I need. And that might be inner peace and calm, or it might be wisdom for tasks, or it might be nudges to get outside of my comfort zone. And I notice these things after my sit. So I'm not noticing them during my sit, because really, I'm just sitting and letting go of everything. But I'm noticing kind of the fruits of my practice outside of my sit. So I I guess I would consider it more of a listening to God. But I do it after my sit, if if you follow. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love that. What is the most common miscon- misconception people have about centering prayer? And how do you answer? Maybe it's a question that usually people have or a few of them. And how do you answer them about those misconceptions? Um, they might say it's not really prayer. And, and I'll just say it's, it's just a different. I, first, I'll say don't give up your other forms of prayer. So if you have verbal prayer or chanting or singing or whatever you do, don't give that up. It's just another way to pray where you're just sitting with God and and letting God pray in you. So some people will say it's it's not prayer because it's just not something they're used to see, used to being prayer. And I'll say it's actually it could be nice because sometimes you don't know what to pray. So you don't have to worry about that. You just sit with God and, and let God pray in you and, and let God take over, so to speak. I love that because so many times we label, uh, we label what we define. And Oscar Wilde said that to define is to limit. And we can try things without defining and limiting it. We can if we don't like the name prayer, we can change the name and actually do it. And I would love to you to give a few tips. For example, if before you mentioned um, quickly how centering prayer is done or how you specifically do it. For example, if someone wants to just pause this video or they are like really curious, like what, do you have a few tips for them where to start? Because they're like, I have never meditated. I don't know how prayer looks like i don't even believe in god do you can you give me like them three steps where they can start or how they can actually perform the centering prayer sure well first of all i, I do have a short ebook on my site so if they come to my site silenceteaches.com uh, it's a very short like 10 page pdf to read that describes centering prayer so they can look at that just to familiarize themselves with centering prayer And then what I would say is just take baby steps. So make it the first thing you do in the morning as you begin your day and even start small if you need to with a two minute sit or a five minute sit. So learn what the, learn what it is and then just make it the first thing you do as you begin your your day and just do it for a few minutes and see. uh, Why should they do it first thing in the morning? I, I think some people just need the discipline or they'll never do it. 
So for me, it's easy to, because if it's only, if you're only trying it for a few minutes, I think it, it, everybody probably can make that the first thing they do to begin their day, because otherwise they may not fit it in anywhere else. So that's why I encourage people, if they want to start, just discipline yourself to do it in the morning. But then I encourage them after they have established kind of a morning practice, then I encourage people to add a second sit at some point during the day and then take the same process if you need to make your second sit a few minutes and then slowly increase the amount of time for it. But I would say first thing in the morning only because many people just won't discipline themselves to do it. So is it a habit for you now to... Uh... Or is, why is discipline so important? Because it becomes a habit and then habits become just part of unconscious parts of our lives. Or why should we discipline ourselves to have this practice of connecting to ourselves? Um, well, for me, yes. I mean, it's, it's, it's just become part of who I am. So it's not even something that I, I fight in the morning. It's just I get up and I do my centering prayer sits. And then my second sit, I don't. I do it before lunch. And sometimes it's not before lunch, but I always manage to find some time to do it. So for me, it's, it's just become a natural part of my life. And I just, when I don't do it, I feel like I miss it, <laughs> quite, quite, quite honestly. So I think initially you might have to make it a habit, but then it becomes kind of a natural part of your life and who you are and, and you begin feeling like, you miss it when, when you don't do your sit. That, and that, at least that's my experience with, with, with the Obviously, prayer. whatever we talk about is just our perception <laughs> and our experience. There, whatever, every word that comes out of my mouth or your mouth is just our perception. And we have this hope of when we share our perception and our uh, experience with our life that people will have their own realizations about what we have just talked about. Obviously, it's only our perception. Uh, do you always um, feel uh, better or do you always feel positive and good after uh, centering prayer? Because when I had my, if I go and look back at my own experience of meditation, I remember I was, I, I'm a yoga teacher, so I was doing a lot of yoga and I was doing a lot of meditation. And I thought meditation and yoga helped me to be better. And at some point, those, beliefs had to be like ruined because I noticed after some practices I might be even more angrier and or even more tired or even more sad because some emotions might came up how does centering prayer look like do you, does it clear you up does it just like connect you does it make you help you understand yourself because for me meditation some days it was amazing and wonderful and i felt good and some days it just brought up so much emotions and it it just forced me to even go deeper and spend even more time on those emotions so how does centering prayer works for you in that sense sure um and i guess i haven't experienced that but no some people do and, and that's and that's okay so some people practice centering prayer and all kinds of emotions start coming up repressed emotions or tension in the body because we we hold on to things we don't realize it we we, we, we repress things in our minds we repress things in, in our body so what meditate you know, or i'll just call it meditation in general is a safe place where you get relaxed and these repressed thoughts and emotions start coming out 
and that's okay. That means it's it's that means it's doing its job because it's it's relaxing you and, and calming you down, and and you're removing I'll call it the the, gar the emotional package of a lifetime is coming out of you because we don't you don't want to hold on to all that for your whole life. So centering prayer meditation is is kind of therapy as well. It heals your bodies and it heals your minds each time you keep coming back. So if you practice over the long haul, you probably will be a much more relaxed, calmer person with less tension and stress in your mind and in your body because of your practice. So that is normal. So you might feel terrible after a, pra after a practice, yes. but it, it is working. You just have to trust the process and, and keep showing up over the long haul. Yes, because so many people might try it one time and they might not. Usually the first time, it's always the high you get. Whatever you try, the meditation, the prayer, for me, it's like that for the first time, I have this high and then I'm more curious. But someone might have a very challenging experience and I want them to know that it is okay to have those emotions coming up and they just have to go through them and not just push the emotions down. They just have to go through them and, as you said, discipline themselves. And the change comes at different times for everyone. For you, as you said, you didn't, didn't have those like challenging emotions coming up. For me, I have those emotions coming up. And I want people listening to know that both of them is okay. And it doesn't mean that prayer doesn't work or not. And also, you might try a certain meditation or a certain prayer. It might not work for you. And I would encourage you, if it's not working for you, just find a different way. And not just like close that door of like self-exploration. I remember when I was writing my book, I had so many realizations for myself. And sometimes even I just open up my book and I read something and it helps me. What was the biggest realization for you when you were just writing a book? Because it is a huge thing to write a book. The self-discipline it takes, the presence it takes, the connection to ourselves that it takes. What was the biggest realization that you had maybe about centering prayer or about yourself or in, about life in general? Um, I, I guess it was just to move out of my comfort zone and, and trust God and keep moving forward and that I don't need to know all the steps. I just need to know the next step. So it really, it just really taught me to trust for me. It taught me to trust God and keep moving forward out of my comfort zone and just take the next step and the path will continue to become clear as I keep moving forward. I love that. I'm going to use that. I just don't need to know all the steps. I just need to know the next step. People can write that down because that is so powerful. You, they can even use that as an affirmation or a mantra. And I love it. Uh, what do you want people to know about centering prayer? What is in your heart that you want everyone to know about centering prayer? I guess I want them to know, just come, come as you are. You, you, you don't come exactly who you are and as you are with, with whatever you believe and just sit with whatever you want to call it, God, the universe, life, um, whatever you, whatever, wherever you're at, just come sit and try it and, and see if it's something that changes you and, and maybe try it for a month. And, and then, as you said a short while ago, I, I, and I agree, sometimes it's not the right practice for people after a while, then find a different practice and find one that works for you. It works well for me, but I've talked to some people and, and, 
and help them. And then they did, they realized they needed a more of a mantra based practice. So I steered them toward what was called Christian meditation, which uses a mantra. So I would just encourage people just to try it, try it for a month and see if it's something that resonates with them. And then if it doesn't, that's okay. Keep looking for a practice that better resonates with you. And then once you find it, just keep digging deep in that well and see where it takes you. Before, I have a few more questions for you. So as I told you when we had the call, in my country or few countries or sometimes uh, at different places, religion can look at like differently. And religion for me is like a relationship with God. So I'm just going to call it a relationship with God. Uh, some At some places we are taught or we see around us that religion or this relationship to the God can be very traditional or dogmatic or you cannot ask God too much things. You cannot uh, say this because God is always listening to you. Parents also use relationship with God to manipulate their kids. So where, how do people break out from it? And how do they create their own healthy relationship with God? Maybe it's through centering prayer or what do you think about it, basically? And that is tough because it's depending upon, I guess, at least my upbringing wasn't in that manner. But I do know of many people that were you know, raised differently or, or raised, um, they would probably think of centering prayer as heresy and, and it's not prayer. And it's very difficult for them to to try it or, or think of it. So it is hard. I mean, I, I guess you, I guess for people that are, are stuck in, in dogma and stuck with old traditions, they probably need to, a practice like this can be helpful because you're just sitting with, you're letting go of, of all of these thoughts and just opening to God and not worrying about what you need to think. But it may also be helpful to do it in community and, and find a community that of others like you so that you can talk with each other and, and share with each other your experiences and what, what you're going through. So I, I would say you can do the practice. It would be very helpful. And you probably want to find a, a few other people like yourself so that you can all kind of talk and share your experiences together um, and help each other and support each other. That's such a great, uh, we need people, we humans need communities and we need people and I would also add a little thing, find a community that will help you grow because there are so many communities of hate communities. There might be a celebrity and they might have a hate group towards the celebrity or another person. So just find a group that will help you grow and leave those dogmatic or traditions and that will challenge your thinking and that you each other will help each other grow and not just an group for our egos where we just talk whatever we think and then we pour the water on the ego to grow. Uh, I love that we need people. Before I ask you last question, is there any question that I didn't got the chance to ask you or if there is any topic or anything you really wanted or you feel guided to talk about, I would love you to talk about that. And if not, I would love to just for you to uh, leave like a last word or inspiration word or motivation word for the listener. Maybe one thing I'll say for, for people that are, I guess, for Christians that'll say that this is not something Jesus would do, what I'll, I'll point to is um, this type of prayer. I'm not saying Jesus practiced centering prayer because we don't know exactly what he did, but he went off alone to be by himself and be with God. And we don't think he always talked. We think he just sat with God. So this type of 
prayer goes all the way back to Jesus, and, and a lot of it's mentioned throughout the Bible. So for those people that are challenged with the idea of that silent prayer and meditation is not even part of you know my christian religion i'll point him to jesus and his actions and he went away from the crowds and then he went back into the crowds and he he needed his times of silence so that he could take the best actions so silence is kind of all over the, all over the bible uh, so to speak so i'll remind people of that when they think that centering prayer is, is a practice that is heresy and, and not you know of god <laughs> and and new agey perhaps I love that. And also reading about other religions or what every time I read about other religions, is it Buddhism, Hindu? I'm like, we all talk about same core values. We all talk about the importance of balance. We all talk about, about the importance of spending time with ourselves. It's just we use different words. And for many Christians, it's just different names. And if we break out from the names and we look past those names, we can then savor and we can just get those benefits of whatever practice is giving us. Thank you so, so much for being part of this. And I would love to know uh, where can people find you? And also if you have any upcoming events or if people want to work with you, where they can find you and how can you bring value to the community? Is it online or offline? Sure. Well, the best place to find me is my website, silenceteaches.com. And when you come there, if you subscribe, you'll get a free ebook on Centering Prayer. And then if you want to further explore Centering Prayer, they, you can check out my book um, on my site. And then also, for those that want additional help, I, I, I do coaching, and I tend to have three different types of coaching clients. I have people that are brand new and need help starting and they don't, they feel they need help getting started with the practice. So I have those types of clients. Then I have clients that are existing practices. They practice now, but they want to go deeper in their practice. They want to explore more of who is their true self. They want to add a second sit. So they just kind of need this additional help. And then the third type of clients that I have, interestingly enough, are people, uh, pastors and priests that are so busy helping their congregation, they're not taking the time for self-care. So they reach out to me to say, I need help with my own self-care. I'm burning out. So I help them practice centering prayer and, and take care of themselves or they will not be any good to anybody. So I do coaching on my site and, and then I, I, I do a lot of speaking. So I, there's centering prayer groups or church groups and different groups that just want me to come talk. So I've been doing a lot of Zoom um, talks in front of small and, and large groups. But the best place to find me is my website um, for, for, for really any of that stuff, learning about centering prayer, more information about my book, um, coaching, if that's something that you think you need as well as if you have a group and you'd want me to come talk, I'd be happy to come talk with your group. Thank you again, Ruth, so much for your time and for your wisdom. Thank you. And Thanks I for having me on. Until next time.